This is KMTT. This is Ezra Bick, the weekly shiur on Pashat Shavua. This week's Pasha is Pashat Tetzaveh. When we examine Pashat Terumah and Pashat Tetzaveh, so it's clear the difference between them. And everybody knows, uh, knows the basic difference. Pashat Terumah described the building of the Mishkan and its kalim, its utensils. The Mishkan itself and the Shulchan and the Menorah, uh, etc. Parshat Tetzaveh is about the Kohanim and their Begadim and their utensils, so to speak, and the, uh, and the clothing that they have. And then, the second part, from Vion, is the turning of the Kohanim into Kohanim, a special ceremony which is called the Miluim, whereby the Aaron, Uvana, Vavon, and his children became, uh, became Kohanim. So there's one exception at the end of the Pasha which describes the, uh, the command to build the Mizbach HaKtoret, the altar of incense. This is a famous question. Many, many different answers are given. But, but in general, it, it's quite clear. One Pasha is about the physical Mishkan and one Pasha is about the Kohanim. Um, interestingly, the Rambam, when he records the Halachot that are described in these Pashiyot, uh, he, they, they both come in one section called Klei Mikdash, the utensils of the Mikdash. In other words, the Kohanim themselves are Klei Mikdash. They are part of the utensils, part of the apparatus of the of the Mikdash. Because that's true, but there's still a distinction between the the physical uh, utensils that were built that had to be made, and the preparation of the people of the Kohanim who were working in the Mikdash. Okay, that's, that's clear. What's interesting, based on the length of the Pasha, is how much attention is given to preparing the Kohanim. After all, in order to have a menorah, you have to build it. But the Kohanim is there, you don't have to build them. But there's a, apparently a halacha that you have to prepare them in the right way. So one section is big day kahuna, the clothing that the Kohen wears. And it's, it's interesting. Um, it's not immediately apparent that the Kohenim have to have special begadim. Uh, in order to do the avodah and the Beit HaMikdash, you have to have certain utensils. Once you decide the avodah has a certain, has a certain uh, manner. So in order to slaughter behema, Accept its blood, throw the blood. You need a mizbeach. You need a something to. You need kelim, which will receive the blood. And if the Torah wants it, it should be a menorah. You have to build a menorah. In other words, the the, the the mikdash has certain utensils in it. It isn't immediately apparent, showing that to us, that there's a uniform, so to speak, for the kohanim. And it turns out there's a there's quite a long section in the Torah. The exact begadim, the exact clothing which a regular Kohen wears and a Kohen Gadol wears different clothing. You have to be dressed properly to do the Avodah. And dressed properly is, in effect, a uniform. Very specific, special uh, forms of clothing. Not because, they're not specific and different because we wear different kinds of clothing today. Even in ancient times, so they weren't, the fact that they were wearing basically dresses rather than pants wasn't the point. Uh, they wore pants as well. Uh, but but these begadim are made very very in a very very special way, similar similar to the way that the the coating of the mishkan, which was not made out of 
the ceiling wasn't a ceiling, it was, it was a tent. So you have very specific kinds of fabric which is used, so that applies to the kodem as well. So it's, it's interesting, but not, okay, not, not extraordinary. The idea of uniforms is, after all, pretty uh, intrinsic in human culture, not just in Torah culture. One of the reasons why we sometimes have difficulty with this is because we're modern. We, we tend not to think that clothing is important at all. What difference does it make what you wear? And nowadays, you can go to work wearing, wearing anything. Not that many years ago, there was a uniform for going to work also. Not a very specific uniform, but there were certain standards. And many jobs, even today, have special uniforms that they should be recognized. People pay a lot of attention to them. Somewhat more ancient times, meaning 100 years ago, 200 years ago, surely even more ancient times, a lot more attention was because the way you dress, that's who you are. So I'll come back to that point, but the truth is that doesn't bother me so much as the second part of the Pasha. In order for the Kohanim to be Kohanim, there is a ceremony of inauguration. The word in Hebrew that's used is chinuch. We usually think of chinuch meaning education, but, but what chinuch means is, is inauguration. Beginning with Revi'i. Pegel Chavtet, Pasuk Aleph. V'zeh ha'davar asher tase lahem lekadesh otam lechahenli. You have these Kohanim. They've been chosen. Aaron and his children. You've made them their uniforms. And then it says, this is that which you must do to sanctify them, to serve me. And then there's an entirely ceremony based on parechad and shnei elim. It's quite detailed and complicated. It involves sacrificing. It involves putting the begadim on their it's part of the ceremony. They dress themselves, or they are dressed in the special clothing which has been prepared. And certain sacrifices are brought, and then part of the sacrifice is that the blood of one of the sacrifices is placed on the bodies of the Kohanim. Tinuch ozen aron, tinuch ozen banav, v'alboen yadam, v'alboen raglam, on their thumbs and on their ears. And um, then there's Hazayah, but it's sprinkled on them. It's quite a long ceremony. We're not going to get into the details. And in the end, part of it is eaten. And there's a special thing called Tnufa, which is usually done for Menachot, but here it was done for the Miluim as well, whereby the hands of Aaron and the hands of Moshe raise the parts of the korban, the chazet, snufa, the shokat, turuma, and it's, so to speak, waved in front of God. There's a long ceremony involved in Now this really bothers me. What's, why is it necessary to, to do a special ceremony to turn the konim into konim? The konim are konim. They've been chosen by God. Not everybody serves in the Beit HaMikdash. Only one particular shevet, one particular tribe, one section of one tribe one particular family. But they've been chosen. And it's not a one-time thing. You'd say, okay, just, okay, you have to... It would make sense the first day that you do something, maybe bring a special korban. That would be like a Thanksgiving korban or a, an indication that I'm starting my first day. Shlomo Melech built the Beit HaMikdash. He brought hundreds of korbanot. 
But here it's done for seven days. In other words, it's not that since I'm a Kohen, therefore I bring a sacrifice of thanksgiving or something similar. In order to be a Kohen, as it says, Lekadisham Lachahenli, this is their sanctification. And it turns out that it's not even that simple. It winds up that it has to be done over and over again for seven days. Pasuk Lamed, 30th Pasuk, Shivat Yamim, Yil Basham HaKohen Tachtav Mi Banav, Asher Yavo Al Ol Mo'ed L'Sharit Bakodesh. This goes on for seven days. Later on, it's it's explicated in the end of Pashat Sam, the beginning of Pashat Shmini, which is why it's called Shmini, because it's the eighth day. Well, it's actually done later on in, in, in Sefer Vayikra. And... Uh, and this is how they become Kohanim. Pasuk Lamed Hei, Ba'asita la'arun u'banav kacha, kachol asher tziviti otacha, you should do to Aaron and his children as I've described. Shiv'at yamim, timalei yadam. Seven days, you should do this, you should do this practice. Shiv'at yamim, Pasuk Lamed Zayin, Shiv'at yamim techaper ala mizbeach, v'kidashta oto. And only then, are we finished. What's the meaning? What's the purpose of this elaborate ceremony? How does it actually work? The Torah has a term to describe what's taking place. And that is, Limalei et Yadam. Literally translated to fill their hands. On the basis of that, the entire seven-day procedure is called Miluim. Um, the first time the expression appears doesn't appear in the very beginning of the section. The first time it appears is after they are dressed. And then it says, when they finish dressing them completely, before they begin to actually bring the sacrifices, which we've described, Vasuk Tet says, V'chagarta otam avnet, aronu vanav, v'chabashta lahem migbaot, you should dress them with the, the different uh, articles of clothing. And then it shall be to them a kahuna for an eternal law. And you should fill the hand of Aaron and the hand of his children. Interestingly, the Targumim, Unculus, and Yonatan ben Uzel decide to avoid translating it. They both translated umileita et yadam utakarev korbana it means and bring the korbana it's, it's the next pasuk the next pasuk is vikrafta etapah so lemale et yadam they translate it as and you shall bring the sacrifices okay it's clearly it's such not a literal translation it's it, it's there's no connection it, it, it's, it's, it's avoiding translation Uncle decided not to translate it literally and so he says it's a general term which means do that what you have to do the question still is why is it called Milaita et Yadam. Why is the whole procedure of seven days later on called? It's done obliquely. The, the Kobanot referred to as El Hamiluim. this one of the sacrifices is the is the, the goat of the Miluim. The Miluim is the name of the entire on the entire week. I think the idea here is as follows. Kohanim were born Kohanim. In the case of Aaron and his children, they were chosen. But they're, but they're Kohanim. That's their identity. There's a line, 
I remember very distinctly, made a big impression on me. It's found in the foreword to one of the books of Viktor Frankl. He has the following line. He says, an airplane is an airplane even when it's sitting on the ground. But it's not really an airplane except when it's flying, except when it's in the air. So he's talking about something else. But I think that's what's taking place here as well. There's a difference between having a status and being active. Having a status which is based on what you do and doing that, which is what you're doing. Truth is, usually we compare these two things in the opposite direction. You have someone who's doing something, but it doesn't mean he has the status. For instance, uh, what we call shliach tzibah. So I go to shul, we don't have a chazan, we don't have anybody who's, uh, that's his job title. Uh, somebody goes up and davens. Uh, you look around, somebody volunteers or gets his arm twisted and he volunteers. So he's not a chazan. He, we call it, say, we say he's a shliach tzibah. What we mean is he's davening, but he's not a davener. If I was talking in the language of Lundus, it's not a chalot bagava. It's not a position. It's not a status. You simply doing it. A higher level is when it becomes not just you've done it or you're doing it, but it's who you are. So sometimes I wash the floor in my house. It doesn't turn me into a cleaner. If I do it all the time or if I've received an appointment, if, they have, if there's been a ceremony which says you are this, then I receive that appointment and I become, I become that person. It's like a difference between the acting president and the president. That's where the term acting comes from. It means you're not really. You're just pretending to do it. You're just, you're just doing it now, but you're not actually that person. So usually we, 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 we compare these two states because the, the minui, the appointment is a higher level. But how do you think it's the other way around? Here, as Frankel said, an airplane is an airplane even when it's not flying. It's built to be an airplane. It, they said it was an airplane. It has a sign on it saying it's an airplane. It matches the plans for an airplane. But an airplane that's grounded is an airplane in name only. And it's a higher level, a truer level, for an airplane to be in the air. And here what the Torah is saying is that Kohanim are Kohanim even when they're not doing anything. But Kedushat HaKuhuna, the full level of the sanctity of a Kohen, full, the full level of holiness of the priest, it's not enough that he be called a Kohen or that he be appointed a Kohen or that he have the status, the personal status of a Kohen, which is what Kohenim have today. In order to do the Avodah in the Beit HaMikdash, he has to be an active Kohen. It's a, not just that it's, it's a fact. It's a higher level of Kedusha. A Kohen is a Kohen even when he's grounded, but he's not truly a Kohen except when he's, when he's serving. It's not for nothing that the word Kohen means service. And therefore, if I was saying this in Hebrew, I would say, a Kohen is a Kohen. Even when he's not Mechahen, but he's not really a Kohen, except when he's Mechahen. Mechahen means to serve. And therefore, the fact that the Kohenim exist does not allow them, does not allow the Mikdash to get off the ground, does not allow the Mishkan to operate. You need 
koanim on the higher level of Kedusha. And the way to turn them into koanim on the higher level of Kedusha is to have them actually do things. To be active in doing it. Now, in all honesty, there's a paradox involved here, which is, which is sort of noted by the Gemara, uh, both for koanim and also for Klei Shavet as well, for the utensils of the Mikdash. Gemara Yoma says that uh, normally a Kohen, Gadol, there's a Shemen HaMishra. He's anointed with the holy oil. But what happens if you can't, uh, you can't do it? Or, or uh, you don't have seven days. Also, every Kohen Gadol needs the seven-day seven uh, uh, process. Suppose the Kohen Gadol died in the morning of Yom Kippur. You need a Kohen Gadol for Yom Kippur. You don't need a Kohen Gadol the whole year, but you need a Kohen Gadol for Yom Kippur. Nothing can be done without a Kohen Gadol. So there's someone who's ready to fill in his shoes. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a substitute. He's been prepared to be a substitute, but he's not a Kohen Gadol. How has he become Kohen Gadol? He doesn't have seven days to do the Chinuch, the Milim that's described there. So the Gemara says, He does the actions of a Kohen Gadol and therefore becomes a Kohen Gadol. And this is learned from Klei Shavet where the Gemara describes, the Gemara uh, 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 in Sanhedrin describes uh, the same, basically the same problem. The original utensils of the Mishkan, the ones described in Pashat Truma, became utensils of Mishkan, they were anointed with the holy oil. But that's not done later on. And they didn't make holy oil a second time. So what happened in the second Beit HaMikdash, or in the later portion of the first Beit HaMikdash? The Gemara says, you don't need holy oil. Avodatan v'chanchatan. There's clearly a paradox involved, because that the holy service should turn the kelim into kelim requires that you have the kelim in order that it should be a holy service. If the man is not a Kohen, then the avodah that he did is not avodah. If the avodah is not avodah, then he's not a Kohen. So you have something which is causing itself. That's a problem. It's a logical problem discussed by the postkim as to how it takes place. The answer is it takes place. It's okay because it happens at the same time. Simultaneously, the cause and the effect happen simultaneously and that's not our issue now. But, but you have this interesting halachic idea that avodatan mechanchatan. You can achieve the higher level necessary to do something by doing it. If you do avodah, then you have a Kohen who can do Avodah, who has the, the, the necessary, has met the necessary requirements for the higher level of Kedusha. And here, it's not the last second, so we're not relying on, oh, just get started, it'll be okay. But the method of inauguration is to start doing it. Not to start doing the regular Avodah, we have a special Avodah, and not just for one day, but for seven days. In other words, you become not just someone who's been appointed to do something, but you're someone who is doing a lot. He's doing it day by day. Seven days means all the time. Day after day. Presumably, there might be a practical consideration as well. It might be practice. It might be training. It could be that Miluim is training. The word Chinuch, I think, does mean training. But here, it's not merely the practical consideration is that you get the motor running and then you can really get the Mishkan running. And that's why I think it's called Limalei et Yado. Literally. It's to fill their hands. It means to add Kedusha to their hands. These are Milum. It's, it's the, the, the correct translation, although it's somewhat Dashani, is to charge. 
and frankly, in modern Hebrew, the word lemalei, when you talk about a battery, so the battery is full. You, uh, you lahat in. You, um, ta'un means, means charged in batteries or uh, loaded, loaded in utensils. You loaded in an animal is ta'un, or a gun is ta'un. So I think that's what the word milu'im means. It's lemalei, it's to fill, to charge the koanim, to be on to be on the higher level. And the point here, and this is my point, is that the Ktusha of the Mikdash and the Ktusha of the Kohanim, there's a formal element involved, but the real Ktusha is activity. Basically, there's no difference between a Kohen and Israel. He's been chosen to do the Avodah. But that doesn't turn him into anything, that doesn't turn him really into something else. It's the beginning, it's the basis. The real difference is that he's doing it and I'm not. You say, that's a paradox. I'll do it also. Okay, the Torah doesn't allow that. The paradox works. But certain people have been, have been appointed to, not just to do. By doing, that's the true Kedusha, that's the true prerequisite for the Mishkan, for the Mishkan to run. Last week, in this, uh, in this podcast, I talked about how Bishakhanti Bitocham, God dwells in Yisrael. What is the basis for God's dwelling in Yisrael? When you do, the, not the Mikdash is the home of God, but the making of the Mikdash is the home of God. Human activity is the higher level. In that case, what will be the receptacle for God's presence on earth? An amazing and impossible thing. It's not that you built them a house that is 30 amount high. It's that you're building. Not the house is the receptacle, but Suli Mikdash. You shall make me a sanctuary. Veshachanti betocham, I will dwell in your midst. In whose midst? The midst of the doers. So here I think it's the same point. Not in the building of the Mikdash, but in the, but in the Avoda of the Avoda. The Ketusha of the Mishkan depends upon having the right kelim and having the right construction, which we discussed in Chuma, Vasuli Mikdash. It also depends on having the right people. And who are the right people? Those who are doing. Chinuch, Miluyad, the injection of a full charge of Ketusha, takes place and there is no, there's no alternative in the end. The thing which completes the full charge of Kedusha is that you're actually doing it. An airplane is an airplane even when it's on the ground, but it's not truly an airplane unless it's flying in the air. A Kohen is a Kohen because he's been appointed, but he's not really a Kohen. He doesn't have Kedusha Takuna. Mikdash is not a Mikdash. And the Shechina, the presence of God, is not in it unless things are being done, unless... We are running. We are changing things. We are increasing our devotion. We are active. The activity is the prerequisite for the activity. And nothing can replace that. This also explains the first thing that takes place after the seven-day period of producing the koanim is finished. Beginning in Shishi, Pasha Haftet, 
in Perich Chavtet, Pasuk Lamed Chet, you have a description of what is done on the Mizbech. Not the building of the Mizbech. The Mizbech was built in Pashat Tuma. But all of a sudden here, it tells you what you should do on the Mizbech. Pasuk Lamed Chet, tells you to bring two kvasim to bring the korban tamid every day, twice a day. This parasha appears again in Pashat Pinchas where it belongs. We're not describing how to operate the Mishkan now, we're operating how to build the Mishkan. What to do in the Mishkan will come way later. In Pashat Pinchas, it describes all the covenant of every day, and it tells you you should bring two, uh, two kivasim, two sheep every single day. Why in the building of the Mishkan it says, and this is what you're going to on the Mizbeach? And the answer is because the menorah is a menorah because it's a menorah. And the shulchan is a shulchan because it's a shulchan. But if the purpose is that the Shekhinah should descend into the Mishkan, it has to be completely built. It's not built unless there is a fire on the Mizbeach. The Mizbeach isn't enough. The Mishkan isn't enough. It has to be active. But the activity here is not what you do in the Mishkan, it's how you make the Mishkan a Mishkan. And in fact, this is explicit in the Pasuk. After describing that you should bring a sacrifice in the morning and a sacrifice in the evening, Olat Tamid Lidorotechem Petach Omaid Lifnei Hashem this is a daily, a, a permanent uh, uh, sacrifice, Allah, for all generations. Brought in the entrance to the Olamoed. The place where I will meet you, to speak to you, God says. And I will meet with them in that place. And that place will be sanctified in my glory. I will then. Mikadesh, God says, I will sanctify This is the concluding Pasuk of Pashata Pashata Mishkan. The opening Pasuk was Let them build for me a sanctuary and I will dwell in their midst. And the concluding Pasuk is I will dwell in the midst of B'nai Yisrael and I will be their God and they will know that I am the God who took them out of Mitzrayim in order to dwell in their midst. I am Hashem their God. That's directly connected, not just in placement, but in the words too, the fact that on the Mizbeach there is a sacrifice brought tamid. Tamid means twice a day, but all the time. A sacrifice is brought, and where is it brought? It's brought in Petach Omeid, the place where I will meet with you and dwell in your midst. Now, the Mishkan is a Mishkan when it's constructed, but it's not really a Mishkan unless it's operating. The Mizbech is a Mizbech because you constructed it in Chuma, but it's not really a Mizbech unless there are sacrifices being burnt on, on top of it. All the time, daily, twice a day, Tamid, Olat Tamid Lidorotechem, a permanent sacrifice for all generations, and then it can be said, Vishachanti Betoch Bnei Yisrael. Ultimately, the repository, the basis, the chariot which bears the weight of God in the world is what we do with the Mishkan and the Kalim and the Kohanim and the Tzadikim. It's their actions that 
brings God into the world and not simply their existence. So Kohenim are Kohenim, but not really Kohenim unless they're sacrificing. There's a halachic expression concerning Kohenim, concerning their Begadim. I said, I understand the Begadim. It didn't bother me that much, but now I understand the Begadim better. They have to wear special uniforms. The halacha is, Bizman Shbigdehem Alehem, Kuhunatam Alehem. When they're dressed in Big Day day Kuna, they're Kohenim. When they're not dressed in Big Day Kuna, when they don't wear the special garments, they're not Kohenim. Now, that's not literally true for other halachot. Kohen is not wearing Big Day Kuna, he's still forbidden to go into a cemetery. He's still forbidden to marry a divorced woman. He's a Kohen. But for the Avoda, for, for doing their real job, not merely their laws, but their job, to Lechahen, to serve God, as Bizman Shabigdehem Alehem Kunatam Alehem. For a Kohen to bring a sacrifice when he's not wearing Big Day Kuna, it's not just Allah, it's not, it's not proper. It's as though he wasn't a Kohen. He's a Zar, he's an alien doing the Avoda. Because a Kohen is not a Kohen unless he's dressed for work. It's not exactly the same idea. It's not that he's doing. But he has, he has special begadim to serve God. And so it's not in his status. He's definitely of the status of a Kohen when he takes off his clothing. He doesn't change his status. But not really. A Kohen is a Kohen even when he's not dressed. But he's not truly a Kohen if he's not dressed to go, if he's not wearing big day avodah, if he's not wearing the uniform of service. Uniforms aren't, don't make the man, they make the service. And so that's why you have in this parsha, you have Kohenim serve, they have special begadim, and they begin to serve. They serve so that they can serve. And it turns out that then in the end we find out that the Mizbeach also, which need the Kohen to do the sacrifice. But the Mizbeach is not truly a Mizbeach unless it's active. And the final line is that the purpose of all this, the purpose of Yitziat Mitzrayim, v'yadu'u, pasuk membav, and they shall know, the Jews shall know, ki ani Hashem elokehem asher hotzeiti otam me'eretz Mitzrayim, that I am the Lord who has taken them out of Mitzrayim, lishochni betocha, that I should dwell in their midst. That's why we left Egypt. It's a sad pasuk. If we believe definitely halachically true that God is, doesn't dwell. He's begalut. God is not dwelling in our midst as, he, as, he, as we expected Him to do, as He expected to do. The whole purpose of Yitzhak Mitzrayim in one Pesach is l'shochni b'tocham ani Hashem elokeihem. And this can only take place when you have koanim v'mishmartam v'mishkan mikdash built and operating and doing and increasing from moment to moment the connection to God in that increase, in that activity is found the Lishokni betocham and my dwelling in the midst. This still, this makes the end of the Pasha even stranger. Tucked on to this Shvi'i, the last few Pesukim of the Pasha, is the construction of the Mizbeach HaKtoret, Special altar, not for sacrifices, but for incense. And I think you have to explain it somewhere along the same lines, but I'm going to leave that for a different time.
there are a number of shiurim in the uh, archives of the virtual Beit Midrash, the Pashat Tzaveh, which were directed precisely towards this problem as to why the altar of incense is left for the end. I suggest you read it. In terms of what I said today, you just have to figure it out on your own or perhaps wait for next year. And that's all for today. Shabbat Shalom B'chultuv.